Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you are unable to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. Good evening and welcome back to St. Andrew as we continue these mellow and simple uh, melodic uh, times for singing and prayer and dwelling on Psalm 23. Uh, In my 25 years as a pastor of Psalm 23, uh, even long before my time of of being a, a pastor, this psalm carries the day so much for us and for people of faith. How many times does it come up uh, in times of memorial services, for instance, where it becomes uh, uh, words of reassurement and and of God's grace um, and abiding uh, care? And so our hope as we continue now through the fourth week of these Wednesday evening series that Psalm 23 becomes even more ingrained into who we are because it's one of those old and wonderfully faithful passages um, for, for all of us. In our sermon series, I shall not ever be in want with God uh, by our side. So my passage here today, as we make our way through it each week here, we're taking little snippets of it, is Psalm 23, verse 6a. So whenever you see an A, that means the first part of a verse. If it says B, it's the second part um, of a verse. But this is Psalm 23, uh, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely it will follow me all the days um, of my life. And so my sermon title here is God Pursues Us with Grace. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and how God pursues us uh, with grace. So when I did some looking about the word pursues um, underlined up there, I found as synonyms of pursues goes after or God seeks or God follows or God attends to or God accompanies us um, in life um, and in faith. And then there are some other synonyms that were uh, a little bit more, shall I say, maybe aggressive or a little bit more uh, of of a different tone. Uh, Words like God chases us or badgers us or hunts us. I don't know if I like those words, but I'll let them sit because they are synonyms of pursues. And maybe there is something about God that chases us that badgers us or hunts us, maybe, maybe so. And while I was looking at words that are like pursues, I thought how interesting it would be to look at how we might not describe God and think about the opposite of pursues. Do we see God as any of these things, that God's lazy, that God gives up, ignores or leaves alone or just plain stops? God just lets go and just releases or neglects, quits, or runs away. I think on a normal day, in a normal circumstance, for us to think about those attributes, characteristics of God doesn't make sense, though I know that there are times and circumstances where people in full-blown laments can say those kinds of things about how God isn't, isn't what it was on the previous slide, but is or feels like what it is here, the opposite of pursues. Yet, Psalm 23, Um, invites us to think not about how God is these things, no matter where we are in life, but how God is like those things, pursues us 
for our sake. God pursues us with grace. That's the promise that we have. What do you mean by grace? What do we mean by that? Free and unmerited favor. Grace is divinely given blessing. God pursues us uh, with unconditional love through Jesus, our Savior, who demonstrated these things in his life and in his ministry. God pursues us with a promise that life isn't just what we know now, but life is eternal with God. That salvation is part of the process of knowing how God pursues and what God wants us to know, to have in our hearts, to have in our minds, and to and to trust, as Psalm forty, as Psalm twenty-three urges us uh, to uh, to consider. So when I was thinking about uh, this process of being pursued and being found, I thought about those old, the old childhood hide-and-seek games, to be hidden and to play those games with kids. I know I grew up playing those kids and yeah, those games, and in one way, shape, or form, we've all played uh, the game of hide-and-seek. Maybe we've done it with our own kids, and we did it with Alex, Andrew, and Liam, and certainly you probably now, with grandkids, probably play it with your grandkids. Peekaboo, I see you, is basically a game of hide-and-seek, isn't it? But I'd like to think in a way about that image here of, of how we as faithful people perhaps are in this process of being pursued by God, but maybe playing a little bit of hide and seek with God too. If God is seeking us and seeking to find us and be with us, to encourage us and to, to bless us, to do all those things that God's grace is all about. Is there something to this game of hide and seek sometimes that is a, a real thing that happens in our lives and in our circumstances? And I, I'm gonna talk about three different ways of, of being hidden. The first one is relatively simple, perhaps. It's the one in which we are found and that God finds us and that God uh, liberates us, and we are, we are blessed with a, with a peace of, of the knowledge um, that we're loved. Maybe because you hear a moving sermon and it hits you. Maybe you have a faithful friend who reassures you and reminds you. Maybe you're in a small group uh, that reminds you that God has found you, that God pursues, but God has found you, and that, and that group bolsters you. Maybe it's just a functional committee here at church that maybe doesn't feel overly theological, uh, but it's a bonding of community that you've rediscovered since the pandemic, perhaps, and, and, and it just reminds you that, you know what? I'm found. God is pursuing me, and thanks be to God, I'm found. But the second person that I think about in life um, is the passive hiders. Those people here in this room or here in our, in our world, the relationships that we have, husbands or wives, our, our, our children and so forth, who are passive hiders, who are, you know, I could have it or take it or leave it. I think about the challenges of the pandemic and how it created such separations and how suddenly it's creating some, some re-engagement uh, here for all of us. 
I was just telling someone before the service started that every time I'm in worship here, there's someone who I haven't perhaps seen. And they maybe been here, but I just haven't seen them. But I see them for the first time in how long and how good it is to see these old faithful friends. But passive hiding means that we've, we've been just separated from community. We've been isolated and removed, and so we're just passively gone. Yet the theme of today's sermon is God continues to pursue, right? Continues to beckon. But there are passive hiders. And I think there are also, too, are for sure the people who consider themselves to be active hiders in our families, in our communities. I live with them in my extended family. People who are active hiders where the church is hard and the circumstances of life are even more difficult and they have not seen God pursuing them. And those kinds of circumstances are real also. I know for all of us, we have people in our lives. Sometimes we even ourselves feel ourselves caught in that, that very active kind of hiding. I think about the parable of the prodigal son. Talk about someone who's actively hiding. Father, give me all that, I, all that belongs to me and I will go and I will, I will make my living and do my things the way I would like to do them. And off he goes to squander it. And what the Bible says is desolate living. We know the story, I think. It's fairly common. Yet there's a little nag that starts happening a little bit later on with even this active hider. This, this prodigal son, when he finally comes, this nagging voice deep down in his heart, deep down in his mind, uh, says, you know, I'd probably be better off with dad at home. I'd even be treated like a servant maybe, but I'd be better off even if I were home. So I'm gonna go home. And of course, the story is the father greets him into the driveway and throws him the party. Home is the place where when you have to go there, they have to take you in, in other words. The great Robert Frost uh, phrase, but it is biblical, it's, it's faithful, it's for all the people who are either passive hiders or active hiders. Home is with God. Home is a God that searches out and is active and pursuing and even hunting, as we say. Because if things get really, really, really hard and really, really, really down, another person once said that there is no atheist uh, in a foxhole, but, but there is a turnabout that happens, perhaps. But God pursues, and God appears. It's a nudge, an inkling, or an experience with a graceful, forgiving person who says, I care. And then boom, one moves to a passive hider, to maybe one who sees anew that God is God and is loving and compassionate and pursues us with grace. So God pursues, do you like my stick drawing? Thank you very much. It's been a while since I've had a stick drawing in one of my sermons. So God pursues us 
and there's a there's that the center is that wonderful stick figure. And then we always ask the question, so that in our community of faith. It's never that God just says, I love you. It's so that. It's so what? What does it mean then for us that, that being caught up into this God-like action of being pursued and being gathered up uh, like a, a mother hen gathers up her chicks underneath her, her, her wings? We are gathered up together with God and Jesus so that we are all pursuing a faithful life of peace, of hope, and of purpose. We are gathered up into something greater. One of the things that I think I would miss in my heart and in my mind if I didn't have faith is that I would not have a sense of peace and of hope for the future and a, in a way of living that gives me purpose and fulfillment. If everything went away in the church, if faith just disappeared and I had nothing else, I would not have peace within that all is gonna be okay, hope for my or other people's future, or a purpose that dictates how I wanna be with you and with my neighbors um, and with the, world, with the world around me. It's what we get caught up into. God pursues us. This is what we, we become part of. And what I wanna argue here too is that not only is God pursuing us, but that God is also leading us. You know, we've already had a sermon about how God leads us in Psalm 23. Pastor Matthew uh, preached it uh, um, during the series. You can hear it online, that God leads us. But we, but we never have just a God who pursues because there's always a God who's out front. Because Jesus has already come. You're already part of an age-old faith and tradition like we sang in Borning Cry. This is something that has been going on long before you were born. And we're caught up in all of that circumstance. And Jesus and God leads us along just as much as we're being pursued in the faithful life. So just this past week, Michelle and I were out for a walk and we saw our first pair of Canadian geese. Maybe you've heard them squawking up above. We sure look forward uh, to having uh, more uh, of that traffic here as spring continues uh, to come here um, in Minnesota um, for sure. But we made note of that for sure as they honked overhead and flew over. And they'll get more and more as they come and make their way uh, through where we live uh, to the northern parts of Minnesota um, and into Canada. But what I've always liked about the formation of geese and I thank Matt Gribben, a former council member here at St. Andrew, who probably a year ago did an opening devotion for a council meeting on geese. And how there is always, with a, a flock of geese flying, there's always a leader. You know what I'm talking about, the V formation. So thanks to Matt, I did some looking here this week uh, about the devotional, about why they fly in Vs and what's the benefit flying in Vs, and I learned, learned a few things. Did you know that yes, the one in the lead takes the most effort in the flying, but everyone else back behind is flying at a 71% better efficiency than they would have been flying if they didn't have a leader. And you see the one that's in the middle there as well that's not quiet in the, in the V formation, uh, they talk about, and when I was reading about this, they talk about how the geese will realize that they're working too hard. 
and that they got to fall back into formation here because I would want uh, to fly in the place that's 71% more efficient than fly out there on my own. Does that remind you at all about the life of faith? That how good it is to have a leader in front of us who makes it 71% easier? Isn't it wonderful to have a formation around us as a community of faith that while we might hide either passively or actively and get a little bit lost and get out of the formation, that there's this formation around us that we just rise back up into and, and there's the hope and the peace and the promise that it'll be 71% less challenging. So again, I thank Matt for reminding me of, of that story, but I love the thought of a Christian person trusting that my Savior is leading me and that God is pursuing me and leading me and helping me find my way through life. Who are our leaders if we don't have Jesus? Are our leaders Will Smith on Sunday night? How many times have we told our boys, use your words, use your words? Is our leader Carlos Correa, the new multimillionaire for the twins? He might be really, really good at being a leader on a ball club. $35.1 million later this year, I don't know how many that is per game, half a million dollars a game, $250,000 a game, he can lead all he wants in the, in the dugout and on the field and as he swings the bat. But I want and need a leader for my faith life that's out front, that's cutting the wind for me. And while God pursues us, seeks to find us, that formation is already there. And that's the gospel. That's the gospel, that the formation is there and we just merge ourselves right up on into it and we just get that 71% relief in the process. And that's as a person of faith in a world today that's really complicated, that gives me hope and gives me peace, gives me comfort and helps me see the promise. So surely goodness and mercy shall follow and lead me all the days of my life. I want my leader to be good and merciful. And Jesus is good and merciful. And I get that all the days of my life. Do I? I get that all the days of my life. So thanks be to God for that. Amen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you and God bless.